Hey there, Strong Mom. Welcome to the Mom's New Strong Show, a show that inspires, educates, and motivates you to ditch the weight loss and fitness drama and create a fit and healthy lifestyle that you love, all centered around down-to-earth and practical solutions that will leave you feeling inspired and ready to take action. I'm your host, Jessica May, fitness and nutrition coach, hot mess mama too, a recovering perfectionist, and a lover of all things sprinkles and Mexican food. I'm also a woman on a mission to help you strengthen your body and mind so that you can be the best version of yourself. Ready to unleash your inner and outer strong mom? Let's get started. Hey, Strong Mom. Before we get started on today's episode, I wanted to invite you to a five-day macro-friendly dinner challenge that I'm going to be having next week, which is the last week of September. I'm really excited to share this with you because I'm going to be sharing with you guys five of my family's favorite recipes. I have picky eaters at home, and I use these recipes in order to stay fit all year round and also to eat dinner with my family. I don't believe in cooking myself separate meals, so I'm really excited to share with you guys how macro counting has a really um, impactful way of being in your life and how it could possibly work for you by trying out these recipes. So if you're interested in joining me on that challenge, um, go to www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash challenge. Um, That is www.mamasnewstrong.com com for slash challenge go ahead and sign up you'll get the recipes and the grocery list this weekend and then we will get started next week so i really hope to see you in there make sure you are part of the facebook community that's going to be in the show notes as well because that is where the challenge is going to be happening and i'm going to be sharing a lot of fun interesting information along the way um, about macro counting and how you can start doing that for your life especially if you find these recipes really helpful, which I know you will. I know you'll enjoy them. So I'll see you in the group. Hey, Sean Mom. Welcome back to another episode. And today we're going to be talking about dealing with picky eaters when trying to eat healthy as a family. And this is something that I know a lot about. Yes, I might be a nutritionist, but the truth is I struggle with this. I have picky eaters at home. And what I was thinking about doing when I first decided to do this episode is I started getting on Google and I started researching like picky eater studies and things like that. And I was like, oh, I'm going to talk about studies because that's just the way my mind works. And I like geek out on that kind of stuff. And I go, you know what? No, I'm going to actually talk about my experience with my own picky eaters and share what has worked for me and what hasn't, what I'm still working on, what have we like decided to come to terms with because the truth is that it's still a struggle. And I wanted to share how do I deal with that Um, because it really is a hit or miss around here when it comes to dinner time. And my kids do eat fast food and junk food. And, you know, I do take my small wins when I can get them. But the majority of the time, I am happy with how my kids eat. They eat fairly healthy, I think, compared to most of the standard Western standard diet. And, um, yeah, so it's a work in progress. And I thought, you know, this is going to be, I think, way more helpful for you if you're struggling with picky eaters at home, for one, to see, like, what is realistic. Because sometimes, even myself included, I I think I've had unrealistic expectations of what my kids were going to eat at first, especially when my first was born. Um, And then I think it would be a good thing just to kind of give you some ideas on things that maybe you can try at home that, you know, another mom has tried. Because when I started like digging through a little bit of, you know, articles and studies, and I usually do, I try to like, 
put together some notes and things before I do a podcast. Um, you know, I'm reading it and I'm just like, there are like some of the suggestions and things and I'm like, okay, well that sounds like great and like a perfect world. But, um, I was like, I don't, I, I've tried that and it didn't really work that well for me. Um, not to say that it won't work for you. Maybe you might want to do some research, but you know, I think some of it's a little far-fetched. I think some of it, we just have to come to like a middle ground when it comes to picky eaters and not to say that we should give up. I really don't think you should. I'm going to share with you a good story about why you shouldn't give up. Um, but I think that we need to not put so much pressure on ourselves and our children because we do have to think about how we want our children to see food. And from personal experience, when my son was born, um, I, I, it was about around the time that I was kind of getting over my own, um, kind of disordered way of eating when it came to food. I had to eat everything. Like I wanted to have quote unquote, the perfect cleanest diet. And I was a, um, I was a, uh, yeah, I was a phobe around food when it came to like certain things and ingredients and where it kind of gave me anxiety and, um, you know, to the point where when he was born and he went to daycare school, I uh, took up like took my own food and his own snacks and he couldn't have dairy. He couldn't have gluten. Um, he couldn't have um, candy or sweets or sugar unless it was a party like I had. Yeah, I was that mom. I really was. And then I started to have I had to take a step back and I had to ask myself, like, what is this going to do to him around food? I don't want him to have a complex around food. Um, and have like these, this anxiety around food, like I was giving to myself. I, I didn't want to have, make him have a disordered way of eating later on. And I realized by excluding him from all those things, it was kind of excluding him from the world. And, um, it took me a while to take him for his first time to McDonald's and which, which that shit is crazy. It's like once he went like one or two times, like even as a small kid, he was like McDonald's and knew what McDonald's was like that was, that shit's real. <laughs> you know, it's like no turning back once you, once you, um, uh, you know, break through that. But you know, I just want you guys to see, like, I've, I've had my own struggles when it comes to like finding the balance between this. And that's really when you see like when I explain to you some of the things that we do and it's like it's it's a way there's certain things I've done in a way to create balance that works for us and you know take what you want with a grain of salt or whatever take what you want try it and, and make it into your own and that's what I really want to inspire you to do with anything I tell you unless it's something um specific uh when it comes to like um you know, like when it comes to the basics of science stuff, like, yeah, there's some stuff, you know, depending like if we were to talk about workout plans or like macro counting and things like that. But something like this is is something that you're going to have to I always want you to kind of take what I have and tailor it to meet fit you and your family and your dynamics and your lifestyle um, to create something that works for you. So let's go ahead and get started. I'm going to jump in with the first thing being um, I always put everything on my kids plate even though they didn't like it the last time regardless like even though I know I'm probably gonna throw it in the trash I'll just put a little bit like if it's something I know they're not gonna eat the reason why is you want to expose keep on exposing your kids to uh, food and I believe I read somewhere it was takes like up to 15 times on average for a child to be exposed to a food before they actually truly realize if they like it or not and I have a story for this, and this is called the green bean story. 
It took me literally about a year for my kids to like green beans. I kept, and, and I loved green beans as a kid. I didn't get it. Like, I'm like, what? This is like the one vegetable. Like, you're telling me you'll, my son loves cauliflower. So you're, I'm like, you're going to eat cauliflower over green beans? Like, whose kid are you, right? I guess my kid. <laughs> the one that loves all the veggies now. But green beans, I, I thought that was a safe one, right? Not only, and so anyways, I, the point is, I would put it on the plate every time we eat it. And we ate green beans, like, at least probably once a week, you know, if not, maybe more than that. And, you know, over time, finally, and just encouraging them too. Um, you don't want to like pressure them into trying things. I just looked at my notes. I didn't put that on there. I need to talk about that as well, about bribing and rewarding with food and all that stuff, how we approach that. But right now I wanted to just drive home the message that you need to not give up on your kid when it comes to trying new things. If they didn't like it before, don't do a big ordeal like, oh, well, you know, Sarah doesn't like peas. Sarah doesn't like, like, don't ever say like, oh, like say it out in front of them. Like, oh, you don't like this. Oh, you don't like that. Like, don't let them keep trying like and say, oh, yeah, if they say I don't like it, be like, oh, well, you know what? You sure you don't want to try it today? You know, what if we just take one bite? Like I'll usually do that or I'll be like, man, this is so good. You sure you don't want to try a bite, a bite? you know, um, and sometimes that works. Like last night we had um, some bell peppers in our we had sauce, Italian sausage and uh, peppers like bell peppers in it. And Millie was like, uh-uh. And I was like, well, it's actually really good. You just want to try like a piece. Like I'll cut it up really small for you and you can just try it. And, you know, guys, that's a hit and a miss. Like I don't half the time like that shit doesn't work. But for some reason last night she was like, oh, sure. She's in a good mood. And then she has some. She's like, this is good. It kind of tastes like green beans. And I was like, really, I don't think it does. But hey, you know, if it does for you, that's awesome. So she had like, she ate orange and yellow bell peppers like what kid four-year-old really does that you know um but she wouldn't have done that on her own if I had not you know kind of just eased it in there a little bit and put it on her plate instead of just automatically saying she's not gonna like that like don't don't do that you know just keep an open palate keep an open mind and just continuously repeatedly give them these foods and you might be surprised about one day they're trying them another thing i that i want to throw in with this is the dr seuss book green eggs and ham since they were little i used to read this book to them all the time and so i try to remind them of hey do you remember green eggs and ham do you remember that story? Like he wouldn't eat, like he said he didn't like he didn't like it, and then he tried it, and then he loved it. What you never know. Like you might try this, and it might be your like new favorite food, but you don't know until you try it. So I'm always reminding of green eggs and ham. Like I said, this stuff, guys, everything is like that's that's a hit and miss. Like in a, like a good world, like last night, <laughs> ideal world, Millie fell for it. But a lot of times, there's stuff I throw away on their plates, right? I put on there. The next thing is I always try to uh, make at least one side. I know my kids will eat. So I know when I put the plate in front of them that they're going to eat majority of what's on the plate, you know. So, for example, like if I'm trying a new veggie, then I want to make sure that the other side is something that they're going to eat, which they usually are pretty good about eating starches like mashed potatoes and rice, um, corn, 
uh, grains and stuff like that. Actually, on a little side note, it took me a long time for them to like mashed potatoes, which is beyond me because I freaking love mashed potatoes. And I thought all kids love mashed potatoes too. But that's another one that they just recently came around to eating was mashed potatoes. So I always try to have a side that they like. And then, like, limit it to, like, one thing or two things, um, veg- new vegetables on their plate or something, if, if possible. Um, the next thing that I want to talk about is rewarding, using using food as a reward. And this is really hard as a parent because I'd still do it. <laughs> I just limit it, you know. Um, sometimes we do that. We pull out the candy card. We pull out the ice cream card as a reward for things. And I, I feel like, you know what, that's okay for special occasions, but I don't think we should be doing that every night for dinner. And the reason being is I don't want my kids to associate food with a reward all the time because what happens as adults, that stays with us, right? Think about Oh, I had a I, I worked out today. I can have that cookie. Oh, I did I did we actually we still do it as adult right celebrations right. Oh wow, uh, something something happened and I'm really happy or excited. Let's go celebrate. What do we do to celebrate? We go stuff ourselves with food. You know that's usually how I celebrate, which is fine when it's in special occasions, right? But I don't want to create that re, that really that reward system with my kids where later on in life they might have a complex where they they need to reward themselves with food or comfort themselves with food. That's another thing too. I try really hard when my kids are, when they're having a negative experience, I don't want to associate with food. I don't want to be like, oh, you're, you know, you got shots and you, you, well, I take that back. I've done that before with his allergy shots. I got him candy, but we broke that. Like we don't do that anymore. I just did it for like maybe the first couple of weeks with his allergy shots. Like after we're done, I'm going to go get you, we'll go get a piece of candy or something like that from the store. Um, but I don't try to do that all the time because I don't want them to associate, create that comfort association as well. You know, cause we can't, a lot of adults use food as comfort. Actually, I, I'm guilty of it too at times, right? But I just don't want to have those instilled into my kids. So just kind of have a side note. That's like I said, this is like, I'm, I'm giving you what I do as a parent by all means, like, you know, your kids best and you get to choose how you want to parent your kids. But that's just my opinion on it. Um, the next thing is I let my kids prepare uh, dinner and help me with dinner when I can. This is sometimes kind of controversial too because I've posted videos before of my son chopping up things and people like freaking out on me. Like, and, and the thing is that people don't realize I've since my son has been, I don't know, maybe one maybe a little after one, like he's helped me in the kitchen. So when they see him cutting something with like a steak knife, like I don't give him the super sharp knives in the kitchen. Like he's, he's six now, but I started this even like a couple, like he started with a butter knife with soft things. And then he got promoted to a, a, you know, a steak, like a dinner steak knife. Um, whenever he was maybe like four, but I don't do that with my daughter because she doesn't have the the hand-eye coordination that he has. And you have to do this by your kids. So I'm not, by all means, telling you to go give your four-year-old a knife or whatever. Like, this is this is you. Like, you decide that for your own kid. But I'm just letting you know the reason why my son... I can do that with him is because I've been like for years, he's helped me in the kitchen. And for two, like he has really good, um, 
just very, very good skills with, like I watch him, you know, but what I'm trying to say is find things that they can help with in the kitchen, whatever that means for whatever, whatever level that they are. But I noticed when I do that, they're more likely to try things because they got associated with it and they kind of have that connection with the meal. And it's just really good like skills. Like I feel really strongly about children like home cooked meals like i want my kids to grow up especially my son to be able to cook home cooked meals and know his way around in the kitchen like i think that's a life skill that has been lost there are kids in their 20s that have no idea how to freaking boil an egg or um can barely cook themselves ramen noodles like that's sad i'm sorry that's like freaking sad and i don't want my kids to grow up like that they're gonna learn how to take care of themselves and i think we have lost the art of food and family time and centered around din- dinner. So it's really important for me, and but it also, for my morals, but it also creates a better dinner, dinner experience. And the next thing I want to say is my kids always, always eat dinner better when we sit together at the table. So in my house, we have an island bar and then we have a table. And a lot of the times they will sit on the island. They love to sit on the island, but only two people can sit there. So my son and my daughter sit up there and then my husband and myself will sit on the table, the dining table. It's just right next to each other. But I noticed whenever they come and sit with us at the table, they always eat better. And I don't know if it's because they're watching us eat too. I I don't know, but it just always, that's something to think about was creating like a dinner routine can be very helpful as well. Um, the next thing is I change how I prepare food for my kids, but we all eat the same thing. Like I don't do separate dinners. I feel very strongly about that. Yes, maybe mine might be a little altered. Like, you know, for example, I always keep, I always make the same meats like, or this is like, we all eat the same meat regardless. That always happens. The size might be different. I might not eat, um, like depending on if I'm counting my macros, I might take that meat and I might put it on a salad right? That, but everybody's eating the same meat. Or I just might not have the mashed potatoes, but I'll have the veg. I'll just have an extra side of vegetables with my meat. But we all eat the same thing. So what I'm saying is how I change and prepare sometimes is different for my kids too. Like I just explained to myself for my macros, like if you're somebody that's like, that's why I love macro counting. It can, it can work. I can make anything work pretty much. Yeah, I can make everything work, but I prefer to eat whole foods because I can eat more food that way and make it work. Um, but with my kids, like they're not really big on casseroles. They're coming around to a lot of casseroles, but it's, it's the craziest thing, guys. Like say I make like a Mexican casserole. It has all the same ingredients they like. Like they like tortillas. <laughs> they like cheese. They like the meat, you know, all that stuff. I know they like, but something about it just looking different and the texture and the consistency. Kids are very picky about consistency and textures and the things, the way things look. I've noticed at least my kids are. So I can take all those ingredients and just I'll keep them separate. So I'll just like the meat. So what I'll do, like, for example, if it's an enchilada casserole, I'll put the, the meat on the side. I'll put a little bit of meat on the side for that off to the side for them. And then I might put like a little I'll throw some cheese, like shredded cheese on top of the meat and then give it with a tortilla with say if there's beans in the casserole, then I'm put the beans on the side. Like I just deconstruct the casserole and give it to them like that. And that seems to work a lot better. Um, the next thing is I try to keep it simple. I have noticed that my kids like simple meals. I know people say when they're eating healthy, like chicken, like veggies, chicken and rice, veggies and chicken rice for all my meals. And eventually it gets freaking old. 
But it's crazy because those are my kids' favorite meals. Like they eat those meals the best when it's veggies, chicken, and rice. And just different, there's like all different types of variations that I make of veggies, chicken, and rice. But they do, they eat that the best when it's just very simple, basic meals like that. Um, they just work really well. So don't overcomplicate this thing as well. <laughs> you might be surprised like how, how uh, simple, healthy eating can be with kids if you do keep it simple. Um, the next thing is I limit the amount of junk food I put in my house. So once again, I don't want to get my kids a complex. So we do have cereal. We do get some junk food. It's limited. But you know what? There's some junk food I just don't allow in my house. We don't do Debbie cakes. We don't do like little Debbie cakes. I don't do a lot of those kinds of things, those packaged sweetie, sweet stuff. What we do a lot of is like my kids love cereal. Like, and that's okay. I love cereal too. <laughs> it's limited. But um, so we always have cereal in the house. And you know what? They're going to be limited. Like my my daughter is a cereal holic and she's gone through phases of that and we had to break it. Um, so she's only allowed like one or two small bowls of cereal a day because before uh, there had been times where she just wants that's all she wants to eat. I'm like, sorry, that's not happening in my house. <laughs> and then what I'll usually do is when I go to the grocery store. Of course, I always, like I said, I always buy cereal. I usually always have pretzels, um, usually have like granola bars and like applesauce packages. My, my daughter really likes, um, uh, she likes fruit. My son doesn't, so I always have fruit. She's always going to pick fruit over, over a lot of things, especially strawberries and bananas. And um, then I might pick like one or two fun treats, like if it might be like I don't know, like fruit roll-ups or like those little gummy, like little gummies or whatever, fruit gummies, stuff like that. And you know what? I'll buy one or two of those. And when they're gone, they're gone. And I used to struggle, <laughs> like fight with my kids because they want to eat them all in one day. Right. Um, and so I try to limit it. And but I'd be like, you know what? Like you want to eat them all in one day because there's like there's not that many in them anyways. If they divide them between themselves and I'm just like, that's it. And I tell them like once that's gone, that's gone. You're not going to get any more snacks until I go back to the store. And that's it. That's just, that's how it is in my house. And sodas, we don't buy sodas. Like we do, I'm not saying my kids don't drink sodas, but if we're going to have a soda, it's going to be like, you know, it's not a, it's not a everyday thing. Like that stays in my house. It's like we go to the store and we get one. Or it's like, if we do go eat out, you know, you get one. Um, So those are just some things. So think about what are some rules that you can set in your house that's flexible enough where it works for you, but it keeps some, uh, keeps some control, you know, and, and, and to help y'all to eat a little bit healthier. Um, and also remember, you are the one that's setting the example. So you can't do this to your kids where they're like, you get only one junk food a week, right? But you're going to sit on the couch and eat chips all day. Like, you can't do that. You have to set the example for your children. Um, the next thing is, I oh, wait, I already said that. It says, I uh, try not to let my kids eat an hour before dinner. This is something I do struggle with. Um, at times I've gotten better with this is being aware of them not eating. I really try to make that like one or two hours. And the reason being is my kids went through a very bad phase of snacking because they're freaking hungry and then, or they think they're hungry. And this is my thing too. Like I should, I should have like a certain snack time and I do like, I do do better at that now. So anyways, they'll be hungry 30 minutes before dinner and they're like, bother me, bother me, or they'll just go help themselves, <laughs> which we've kind of worked on that as well, like trying to work on like, just don't go grab things all the time. 
Anyways, uh, then they wouldn't want to eat dinner, right? Because they're not hungry. Like, they already snacked. They're not hungry. And so now what we do is I try to get them to uh, no snacks like an hour to two before dinner. And then after dinner, if you're still hungry and you ate, major- at least you ate all your protein on your plate and you ate some veggies and you tried some stuff, like, if you're still, like, if you want a treat, then you can have a snack after dinner, okay? So that's kind of, like, what works for us. And so... I think that's pretty much it. I think that's everything I had on my notes as far as things that work for us. Um, some other things that I do, just kind of a side note, now I'm thinking about it because this is like trying to eat healthier with your family, is this is, I love macro counting, guys. Like you, if you follow me, this is what I do. This is what I teach. I teach macro counting for uh, fitness results and that's my thing. But I also believe that it has a place for eating healthy with your family. It makes things so much easier. So the so what I'm trying to say is I don't have to make these super healthy meals all the time. And there's ways that you can make your fa- family's favorite meals healthier. Um, some of my like go-to recipes that I have in my house are things like pizza casserole, um, Mexican food, tacos, like casseroles I make all these things that most people will eat um we kind of don't we don't do a lot of frying in my house that's one thing I actually will probably screw up an air fryer actually I take that back I have an air fryer which I freaking love one of the best that was like the best thing I bought for my kitchen was an air fryer um so I do use that a lot um so I take back we do fry we air fry Um, but what I was trying to get at is there is always a healthier way to usually make a recipe and I call this healthy hacking. I've been doing it for years. So all my recipes are this, like you swap out and this is make, when you know macro counting and you can read food labels, this is, it becomes really easy to do. Like I'll give you some really quick examples. I think I, one of my first, like you want to go back and listen to like one of the first episodes I talked about this is I forgot it, what it was like making healthier meals, family meals or something like that's like probably the top 10 first podcast I did. And I kind of talked more in depth about this, but some things I'll give you some examples real quick. Um, Greek yogurt, plain Greek yogurt, great substitute for sour cream inside of like casseroles and things like that and reduces a lot of fat. Um, and you can hardly taste it. I even put it in chicken salad um, as a replacement also for mayo. And let's see, another thing is pasta. I'm so loving the Bazilla ch- uh, chickpea pasta. It's in an orange um, orange package. And the reason I love it is because it's, it's grain-free, but it's also high in protein. So it's like sneaking in some protein in there. Um, I like to sneak in vegetables into sauces. Uh, let's see, what are some other things? Uh, air fryer, you know, instead of frying things, we do that a lot, especially like if I'm going to make, like even making, if you want to make tostadas or you want to make crunchy tacos, you can do them in the air fryer or you can even do them in your oven. Just put, get like a little bit of olive oil, rub it on the, the tortilla and put it in the oven. I like 425. You have to watch it though. Cause it'll cook really fast. And that's a healthier way of uh, frying something instead of like deep frying it. Um, choosing leaner meat cuts of meat, like lean ground beef. You can still eat ground beef. There's nothing wrong with red meat, lean ground beef. Um, if you don't, can't do, uh, turkey. Oh, trying to think what are some other things off the top of my head? Um, also cheeses and things like that. I just use less of it. Like we still eat cheese and stuff. I just, we, I just kind of limit it. Um, yeah, that's, that's some of the stuff on the top of my head. 
But, you know, don't think that you have to eat like super healthy for your family to be eating healthy. Like define that for yourself. Like what does that mean for you? Uh, And find that balance for me just to kind of bring it all tied all together and bring it back home. It was a balance between giving my what I felt was like a healthy uh, mindset around food for my kids as well as so I'm looking at my their physical health as well as their mental health when it came around food and how, you know, their bodies are interacting with food is to me, it's not all about the physical. Okay, it's not all about just eating this perfect diet. It's also having a healthy mindset and relationship with food. Because I myself have struggled with eating disorders, so that hits home. But as a nutritionist, I have seen that a lot of it is mindset. A lot of the issues that people have with food are things that have been instilled with them since they were kids. It's it's something that's like in their subconscious. It's, you know, when it comes to like emotional eating and how just how our relationship, like if you have an unhealthy relationship with food, you, you, I bet you 110%, it has something to do with your subconscious and your mindset around what you learned about that, like that creation, that relationship around food that was created for you as a, as a child, you know, not saying people did that on purpose, not saying your parents did on purpose. I think a lot of it is even societal. Like, you know, like I said, if we're going to celebrate, what do we do? Eat food. Think about any time, like we associate food with so many things. That's another reason why I didn't want my kids to have a complex when it came around food and, and, oh no, that's bad. Like I try really hard not to call food bad. And this is another thing, like, I think this might be something good to kind of throw in at the end too about healthy eating with kids and that mindset thing is my daughter has stomach issues sometimes and we're still trying to figure out she's four. I think she's kind of lactose because I'm kind of lactose. So I'm thinking it's a lactose thing. Um, I definitely, her tummy tummy will hurt. And I try really hard not to be like, oh, it's probably like that crap food you just ate, right? (laughs) Or junk food. I don't want to call food bad. Like I don't. And she has even done that herself. Like because she's associating that food with her and her stomach. So she's like, that's a bad food. And I'm like, well, it's just not doing well with your tummy. Like maybe we don't need to have so much of that just because your tummy doesn't like it. I don't try to label food bad or good. I, I try to label it like healthy and unhealthy. Um, I got to a point, you know, like I just don't try to associate negativity with any kind of food. I just like, we just want to limit this kind of food. Like it's not, it's okay to have it here and there. We just don't want to eat it all the time because, you know, we want to eat more vegetables and we want to eat more protein because that's going to help us grow. And that's, what's going to help us keep us healthy. And that's what our body really likes the most. You know, that's kind of how I approach that. Um, but anyways, that's kind of my whole spill on, uh, dealing with picky eaters, trying to eat healthy with your family. Um, and you know, another thing, I just keep thinking of more because like, this is my jam. I've been like, this is where I uh, love helping women with too, is, is incorporating healthy eating with family. I've been doing it for years is also the husband situation. (laughs) Husbands can tend to be picky. Um, my husband eats fairly, he eats fairly uh, healthy, like he likes everything, but he does get tired of like super healthy eating all the time. So that's another reason why macro counting is good for me. It's kind of helped me incorporate more of those things that he likes. And then I can kind of base my, my daily meal, I mean, uh, macros around that and make whatever dinner of that works. Um, but it can be hard. It can be hard to change your family's way of eating when they're used to eating a certain way. And sometimes our our husbands can be like the worst picky eaters or the biggest kids. Um, some things that I recommend 
is maybe just trying out some healthy recipes. If you want some to try out, you can go to my Facebook group. It's um, on Facebook, no. <laughs> it's called Mama's Strong Podcast Community. And just like go, uh, type in there like recipes or hashtag free recipes or hashtag recipes and recipes should come up and you'll see a lot of my um like I call them like my macro family healthy hacked recipes and they're just like normal things your family's probably used to eating but I swapped around ingredients changed out measurements of things to make it healthier and try some of those recipes out and see how it works and don't just make it this big deal and be like we're gonna eat healthy and we're not gonna eat any of this we're gonna not eat any of that like they're gonna rebel I'm gonna tell you they're gonna rebel unless your husband's like on this like uh, big change journey with you on like losing weight or something but if not he's gonna be like what the hell is this shit like he's not gonna like it so just try out some of those recipes that I have on there and just see you know see if if you can like get them to try like something a little bit different and that's how you change things. Like you don't want to change everything at once. You don't want to just like, if your kids are used to eating junk food all the time, just completely take everything away. Like that's another thing. You don't want to give that complex on like the food restriction part, right? So just kind of ease into it and make changes that work for you and take some of these things and maybe try them instead of like doing everything all at once. But just be patient. <laughs> I think that's the biggest thing. Um, you know, my, I have a six-year-old and a four-year-old and it's dinner time is still a hit and miss. Dinner time, even though I've cooked a recipe, the same recipe for years, it might be a miss today or it might be, you know, but you never know. It could be a hit. So I'm going to keep trying until I start getting them to like certain things. And I do truly believe the more that they're exposed to things, the more they will like things. Um, my kids like some random things that people, most kids probably wouldn't eat, like salmon. My kids can't eat the hell out of some salmon, but they've been exposed to it so many times and they've been eating it since they were little. Um, and I do believe like palates can change. So another thing, if you're used to eating a bunch of junk food, your kids are used to eating a, bun a bunch of junk food, those things are very highly palatable. There are food scientists that create these <laughs> foods to make your your reward your brain just light up with rewarding. Like, woohoo, this tastes so good. Like, the flavoring is so much. And so if you're used to eating that stuff all the time, the veggies and fruit might not taste that good at first. But it's okay. Add butter in the vegetables. Add a little sugar on the fruit. Like, start off that way and just slowly start taking the junk food out and putting the good stuff in and allowing those taste buds to change and I promise you they do change they do um but anyways, I'm going to leave you guys with that. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, if you are enjoying the podcast, if you really like this episode, please leave me a five-star review. Let me know what you thought about the episode or screenshot this episode. Share it on um, Facebook, on Instagram. Tag me, Mom is the New Strong. And um, that's how we're going to get this out to more people. Like I always say, if this is helping you, more than likely it's going to help somebody else. And I'm not doing this just to hear myself talk. So I'm going to leave you guys with that. And for now, go out there and be the strong mom that you know you are. And I will see you in the next episode. Bye for now. 
Hey there, mama. Are you trying to figure out how to lose the last of the belly fat, but also have strong curves in all the right places with a booty that would make JLo proud? You've lost the majority of the baby weight, but now you want to take your fitness to the next level by gaining lean muscle and transforming your body. So you've Googled things like how to gain lean muscle, how to get toned, and you've tried free fitness challenges from Instagram fitness chicks, but you're still stuck and nothing seems to be working. I hear you loud and clear. I've totally been there and you could totally trial and error it like I did for a few years, but I don't want you to get so frustrated that you give up in the process altogether. So I've created this simple and right to the point guide that explains the top five fitness mistakes you are making that are keeping you stuck. These are the top five things that I continue to see sabotaging women's results. And these are the five top things that I struggled with and I had to learn to overcome when I had to take, when I wanted to take my fitness to the next level. So you're going to want to go ahead and grab this free guide. You can go to www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash five mistakes. That's www.mamasnewstrong.com forward slash five mistakes because I don't want you to make these same mistakes in 2020.